This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of NRL Boom Rookies. Alongside me, as always, he's heard this introduction three times today, <laughs> it's Mitch Doyle. Uh, it's kind of like, um, it's weird thinking about this, like, we're doing the introductions and then we're ending a podcast and I'm not like in the rush to leave the house. Yeah, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's not a Tuesday night. I'm not frantically trying to overlay A Thousand Miles by Vanessa Carlton over the yeah. last two lines of our dialogue. Um, yeah, so this is the third podcast of the year for us. If you haven't gone back and listened to the first two, which are parts one and parts two of our season preview, team by team season preview, mm. uh, please go back and do so. Or if you have, go download them again. Just yeah. throw your boys a bone. And hopefully by this time, I'll have the Patreon sorted out, but I don't don't yeah. like me. Yet. So <laughs> this is this is new for us. Like, obviously, I've listened to podcasts in the past where they've done like, you can tell they've recorded multiple episodes on the same day, mm. but actually being on the other side of that, it's a weird feeling. It is, definitely, especially the introduction, like we are, oh yeah, welcome, welcome to the... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So this part will be all about um, rule changes and off-season storylines. Yeah, so uh, there was a lot of rule changes this off-season, and we'll, we'll cover them all, but we'll start with the big one, which is, um, already, we've already seen it trolled a couple times. We saw it in the All-Stars game in the Charity Shield last night, and it's certainly been the most challenging for the NRL Football Department to, to, to enforce this rule as well themselves, but the Captain's Challenge has been enacted this season, and if you don't know what the captain's challenge is, well, your team has uh, what is it? One incorrect challenge per match. There's a time limit of ten seconds to challenge a ruling, and there's certain things they can on, can and can't challenge. But essentially, on the field, the captain is allowed to challenge a decision the referee made, and they review it, uh, review it over video like the bunker. But the way it works, so who can challenge is the ca- the team captain has to challenge, and if he goes off the field, you have to tell the referee who the captain is. Uh, if and then what can they challenge? So only decisions that restart and result in a restructured restart may be challenged. So that's scrums, penalty restarts, handovers, dropouts, twenty minute restarts. So penalties that can be ha- can be challenged are decisions around stealing the ball, mid air contact, foul play, obstruction, kick chasing offsides, and uh, restart infringements. Yeah, and the pa- captain can't challenge. Um, Sorry, uh, such as ruck. Sorry, can't challenge discretionary penalties such as ruck and marker infringements, like crowding, descent, or back chat, or being within ten meters offside. So right. you can challenge a a strip at the ruck, but you can't yeah. challenge crowding. Okay, let example. me give you a hypothetical though. So mm-hmm. this, so this could not be challenged. For example, so um, someone goes for a one-on-one strip. Mm-hmm. It goes forward, so it should be called a knock-on. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah, they get tackled, then they score on the next play. That can't be reviewed. I think you can go back. You can go back. Yeah. Is it the, ne- the next play? So you can- Actually, no, you've got 10 seconds to challenge. No, you can't go back. What am I saying? Okay. Um, no, you can't go back. Anyway, they can also challenge anything that re- results in a change of possession, set for forward passes, which is also great. But uh, it means, yeah, you can challenge knock-on, stripping calls, charge downs, uh, people going in and out, like going to the touch or similar. But if there's a... If there's a- so any change of possession can now be yeah, challenged. Yeah, you can challenge a ball going dead. If it was touched or But well. does that mean that, hypothetically, a team could use a challenge just to stop the game, to prevent a try being scored? They could definitely, yeah, use a challenge to stop the game. In what it's... round is Cam Smith going to do that <laughs> and everyone is going to lose their fucking minds? Yeah, and captains, only, anything they can challenge around uh, the going to the bunker, they're getting challenging that weren't sent to the bunker. So, like, yeah. So... We are, we're still going to have 80% of tries sent to the bunker, is what you're saying. Yeah. But you, and you can't challenge, like, in the middle of run of play. So, you think, you think it knocked on in the middle of a play and it keeps play keeps going. You can't challenge to the stoppages, I believe. So, I don't know exactly. 
I think, okay, knock on ruled against his team and the captain believes the ball was stripped or his player regarded the ball before it touched the ground. He may challenge as long as he does so within 10 seconds before the restart takes place. So you can just... So, I don't know. But what if there's no... So if there's no restart, you can't challenge at all? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> that's, this is part of the challenge of this thing, right? Like, yeah. You're not doing a great job explaining the rules so far? But that's, that's, this is how the rules are written, right? I'm reading off the rules. Yeah. You know? And that's... Um, okay. So it's one of those things where it's almost like we're going to find out as we go. Yeah. Sort and, of and where we're at. The fact that there's only certain things you can and can't challenge is already, you know the players are not going on that field with these 20 things in their head they can challenge. And it's quite funny. You can challenge a charge down, for example. You can challenge offside when chasing a kick, for example. But you can't challenge the guys being offside who are coming to charge down the kick. Okay. So, because obviously you can challenge, because there's so many people offside, you probably can't implement that challenge. But it's one of those things, mate, like, I don't like being anti-innovation, but this rule already, trying to explain it there, I haven't even finished going through how it all works, but that's just it. It's so much yeah, to achieve so little. It's like, we're trying to talk about less stoppages in the game. We want to solve that problem. And this feels like more stoppages and you still can't challenge big things like, you know, we've all seen it last year when the, the Sharks beat the Warriors and they threw the ball six metres forward to win the game. You still have to cop that. You still have to cop that, but you can challenge a minute strip in the ruck in the third minute. Why, for the, for the listeners, and for me actually, why can't you review forward passes? Why have we never been able to look at forward passes? I don't know the real answer. Because in rugby union, you can, as far as I know. You can, and I get, I get, we all get that there's physics and there's eye, you know, how it works on the camera angle, blah, 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 and it's never going to be perfect. But like, as you said, those, those ones as a rugby league fan are always hard to cop when someone throws the ball clearly metres forward that um, they can't review them. But we all know the, the problem that, that ends up coming with these things is that we can all agree we're not looking for perfection. No. Well, but then there will be fans still bitching when they don't call like a half metre looking forward pass or forward yeah. pass. And yeah. my problem is though, like we're going we're gonna to reach a point, and we've made this point in the past, that um, people aren't happy with refs getting decisions wrong, but they're also not happy with the game having lots of stoppages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know how they rationalize that position mm. in their own brains because obviously those two things go hand in hand. Like if you want to have less incorrect decisions, you have to have more reviews and more stoppages. Yeah. That's just how it works because without video referees, referees will make more mistakes. That's how every single sport works. And that's fine. People are allowed to make mistakes. Like players mm. make mistakes. It's not a big deal. But you can't sit there and bitch about the game taking too long and then also bitch about them getting decisions wrong. It just it's it doesn't make sense. It was me. shit in the charity show, let's be honest. Just flat out it sucked. When it happened, it slows the game down of some stupid possession change, whatever. And yeah, like, it's, I just, I don't know. It's only been confirmed as a trial for this year. It's one of those I don't think it makes it through the year. I don't see when anyone will be happy with the rule, if you get me. Happy with it. Like, I don't know. Anyone's been happy with it so far. The players don't want it either. And yeah, there could be, there is potentially, there could be a game where someone gets eight challenges right. You can just watch eight replays of like a ball being touched and flight all that kind of stuff I don't know I'm someone who can live with mistakes and this rule wasn't made for me you know and a lot of the rule changes aren't made for me I'm a rugby league rusted on fan I'll watch every game no matter what anyway so the rules changes aren't made to appeal to me but this is one of those ones I don't even know what problem it solves because like you can only challenge certain things at certain times and whatever and they've taken it from other sports but it's just not the same like the challenges in the NFL the coach is doing it it's been reviewed by someone and that's still not perfect anyway, but I don't, like, on-field challenging, I just don't, I don't know how it's going to go. I think, uh, yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that it won't last all season. Or it might last all season, but it won't be around next year. The fact that it's gone into the trial and it's gone in like this, it just, yeah, it's just going to cause more confusion and, and, if anything, cause more issues for the referees. You know? 
Uh, yeah. And, well, and I mean, it does empower them in some sense if they get a call wrong and the team had a challenge they didn't challenge, they can say, well, you could have challenged it if you, didn't, you disagree with them. They didn't, but yeah. Okay, other rule changes. Uh, tackling in the air has been banned. So I don't know if that means if the ball's bouncing as well. I think it does, I guess. You can't tackle in that the air. That was my first question, so. Yeah. Uh,. So, which is a, which I think we can agree is a good rule change because it was like the reason you can't tackle defensive players in the air was always due to safety concerns. Mm-hmm. So it made no logical sense to throw that rule out for attacking players who are equally in danger of being dropped on their heads if you tackle them. But it's it's one of those things though. It, it doesn't happen that often. It doesn't. No. Like, and also there are already penalties anyway. Like dangerous contacts a penalty. So if I don't join your head tackling in the, in the air, that was a penalty anyway. Yeah, but no. But I'm t- I'm talking about the people like. Yeah. It, if you tackle me in the air, there's a ho- way higher chance you're going to dump me on the head than if you tackle me while I'm on the ground. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, that's just, obviously, that's just, that's percent. Th- like, uh, obviously, it's a penalty regardless, but the chance for it to accidentally happen is infinitely higher but, but yeah, what with this, mid-air tackles. So that Often those won't happen, though, and it, what it does stop is that you can't like catch somebody, with the, you know, which wasn't dangerous. Like When they've kicked to a wing arm, he's out-jumped you. You can't just grab him in the air and go down with him or hold onto the ball. You can't really challenge someone, which is going to be interesting, as we know, because there's certain wingers... Like a Daniel Tupo, we mentioned earlier, you know, maybe a Kyle Felt or David Foster Tua or similar, who when they, when they have a run on, that's just how every, how the human body works. They'll have momentum, they'll get higher than the person in front of them, and they can't be challenged in the air. And I guess you have to hope you can catch them as, like when they hit the ground or whatever. Like I don't know how you can stop those plays now. Like it's going to lead to probably more block players. I guess you throw more block, yeah, sorry, more uh, shepherds in the front of them. So yeah, if... I, I don't know, but um. Yeah, I'm not against, but they cracked down on block players last year a lot. So it just remains to it just, it just remains to be seen whether they they keep doing that. Yeah, so I, you know, because not... if they keep cracking down on blockers and there's this new rule yeah. change, we could see a return to sort of like guys like being like you know being a sort of aerial master, being an actual like thing in the rugby league again, which it was in the early 2000s. It there was. were guys who were genuinely like great players at snaffling those crossfield kicks and scoring tries. And and that's a part of the game that I've missed a lot, to be quite honest yeah. with you. I can't stand block plays. I'm, I'm, if I am a coach of a rugby league team now, though, I am telling my player, my wing is, if Daniel Tubo catches the ball above your head, you are still tackling him. Yeah. Caught the penalty. Because otherwise you'd watch him score anyway. So like, caught the penalty, see what happens. That's what I'd be doing. Yeah. Um, it'd be interesting, as you said, though, it, it does change. I'm not anti this change. It's, you know, I think it's a challenging one. As you said, it might bring back more aerial contests and also the implications of the, of, um, sorry, the block plays, the blockers uh, is what, what's interesting. Uh, another rule change, we knew this one was coming, but the mutual infringement law will be amended, which is the, uh, the trainer on the field. Allowing the referee to replay the previous play of the ball in the event of play being regularly affected by circumstances out of the player's control. So in the so what it would do will change that what happened in the grand final last year we just go back to the same play of the ball and go again common sense change I guess mm-hmm. but on top of that they've also changed the trainers rules which this is a, a rule change that fans will like like they've changed the rules for orange shirt trainers and blue shirt trainers the orange shirt trainers like the doctor so they're still out on the field to give someone treatment that's fair but the blue shirt trainers the guys are you know they're the alfies everyone wins about. They're currently allowed in the field any time you're in possession, as we all know. But net from this year forward, they're only allowed on three times per half. Wow. Plus, they're allowed on any time they, they, you can you concede. You know. Is there a maximum amount of time they're allowed on the field? Uh, they have to leave the field at fourth tackle. Okay. So essentially, they're only allowed on that set. 
pretty much. If That's a great rule change. I think everyone... Look, and it's not often that every single person seems to be on the same page, but we've all agreed that that's an issue in rugby league, and no one's a fan of watching, you know, the Alfie Langers of the world running running behind the ruck for the entire half of a football game. Um, so three sets per half, basically, I think is, is pretty good. I think that's fire. Because yeah, you know, in the grandfather, there was no reason for that guy to be out there giving people water after three minutes. That's it. That's it. No reason. And honestly, like, I've never had a big issue with the trainers on the field. I don't care that much, but they don't achieve that much. No. Like they don't need to be out there. I know you can argue you need to give the guys water or give some instructions. There's more ways to get instructions out in the field, and they don't need to be out there that often. I'm, everyone's, I think everyone is pro this change. And again, like you'll just see a few more orange shirt trainers going out in the field, yeah. checking injuries and in air quotes. But it, the fact that it just removes that ability to be out the whole time is just a, it's only, it's only a good thing. I feel like is uh, just um, registered at Bond University studying medicine as we speak. <laughs> Can you imagine yes. if, he gets, if he gets a doctor? If he becomes a doctor just to um, skirt this rule change, wouldn't put it past him. Yeah, wouldn't put it past him. What kind of specialty do you think Alfie Langer would go into? I don't know. Like, Alfie just stands when he's out there. Hey, like, yeah. he, he doesn't really. He just looks around, enjoys the view. What would he? Where would he go? He's so small. He couldn't. He loves be... horses. So something to do with muscles, like. Yeah. A, but like he's so small, he couldn't be like a Cairo or something. No. He couldn't be physical enough. He's like got a, little tiny hands. Maybe he'd be like a, <laughs> I don't know. he's a master of keyhole surgery. That's it, mate. Just thread the needle, he, mate. He must pimple pop. He must be a good dermatologist. He must have those little fingers like there tweezers. You go. <laughs> like there we go. That's it. Um, another rule change. Uh, the tw- a twenty forty rules were introduced in addition to the existing forty twenty. Obviously, you all know what that would mean. It's the same thing, but reversed. Why this, is there no 30-30 rule? This is just one of those rules that, why is my thing? I don't, not for or against it. I'm just like, why? It was in Queensland, Queensland Cup last year in the, in the lower levels in Queensland. And it happened, I think, three times across all grades. and only happened by, on purpose once. Because you've got, you've got to think, what situation are you stuck in your own 20 that that you're, you're kicking for the 40 is advantageous. So what situation are you stuck there that the winger isn't back, that you've got a free kick? And it's generally only scrums on your own 20 that you have the, the genuine opportunity to do it. And the ones that happen were by accident, the team's kicking off scrums. Yeah. I can see you, people doing it off a scrum with like a minute to go. In the, yeah. A minute to go and a half, it's a good option. That's what, it, that's that's what about it. happen off scrums down your own end, I believe. But then it's, you think about it, it's like, I don't really want to reward a team if they're stuck on tackle four in their own 20 with a chance of getting out. No, that's a great point. I didn't think of that. And other teams will just drop their wingers back and stop it anyway. But it's 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 an easier kick than the forty twenty because forty twenty you've got to kick it into a twenty meter window. This you have to kick it a forty meter window to kick it through. Yeah, I didn't think. I could that. kick one of these. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah, because <laughs> a lot of times the guys would go for forty twenty and it would bounce the wrong way and it would end up going dead or it would go over the sideline yeah. past the corner post. You've got forty meter. F- I didn't even think of that. Yeah. But I don't know if teams will use it that much. They might. I mean, I'm interested to see what happens with it. Let's Bre- get Brent Sherwin back. He'd, Brent, do it. he'd love he'd it. He'd do it every time. <laughs> and then the other rule change. The last major rule change is the scrum, and it allows teams to position the scrum either in the middle of the field, twenty meters in, or ten meters in. I think they have five seconds to nominate from from when the scrum's ruled. And this is an interesting one because it can allow situations of you can have the, you know the back of the scrum. There's six guys in the scrum. There's the halfback. You can have three on three all of a sudden. You know you'd have half the field with three players, and it sounds interesting until you start realizing that like so scrum penalties aren't a penalty. Like they're differential. So, for example, and I've already spoken to team contacts. For example, if I'm on my own 10 and we give away, the other thing gets a scrum, we are not letting that team go three on three or four on three on us. 
So if they go to the middle of the field, we are giving a penalty away. They have to tap it. They can't take the goal. Oh, so, yeah. Because differential. They that can't. makes sense. Yeah, so they have to. They, that might that rule might change quick smart. That you have that'll of, take. That's one of those ones that takes two weeks, and they're like, ah, uh, I see, I see. And then they'll, but they got rid of the ki- kicking at goals from scrums with that penalty because scrums became a mess. And if you had a penalty away, you can't shot a goal. Whatever. I don't know, but all, that was the immediate thing. It's like there's no way teams are going to let you go f- three on three or four on three if the halfback comes around on your goal line, having half the field. There's no way teams let, let it happen. They'll give penalties away. Like, could you imagine? You know, you're defending. I don't know who you've got in the centres. You've got, you've got some spot in your centres and then James Roberts is lined up with Latrell on the right-hand side of the scrum. You're like, yeah, we're not letting this happen. <laughs> like, we're not letting those guys get three on three, you know. But the speed alone is enough. So that, that one, yeah, I don't know I don't know what impact it'll have down the uh, its own end of the field, but I'm actually pro that rule change in general because it brings some diversity. Maybe teams will do something different off scrums. Yeah. yeah. In front of that, the differential thing is a challenge they'll face. Can you move it to the other side of the field if you want to? Or does it have to I just be the 20 or the 10 on the specific side of the field where it happened? That's side of the field. Okay. So other side of the field will be interesting. Yeah. So you can't kick it out over the left touch line and have a scrum on the right yeah, touch I don't line. Think so, no. Okay. So that's all the rule changes. There's a few things interesting there. A lot of changes, but that's just, you know, when you control your own sport, it happens. <laughs> um, let's get on to some off season news. And then the big thing, there's a lot of news we've already covered in the previous episodes, and probably more news by the time we record this one or we've heard this one. The thing I want to talk about, though, I want to talk about Wayne Bennett. So uh, I'm listening. You're listening. So <laughs> South have enacted the secession plan that Bennett had kind of proposed to to Brisbane, and it was obviously a plan that um, that when he took Dimitri down to South, it was quite obviously that was what was going to happen because he didn't have to take no assistant coaching job. Dimitri didn't. But if you hadn't heard, Wayne Bennett has confirmed 2021 will be his last. So this is his last. Sorry, next year is his last year coaching, head coaching, and uh, Jason Dimitri is the Rabbitohs full time head coach from twenty twenty three. Sorry, twenty twenty two. So interesting change, but it's um, and I don't know if he'll still um, finish up as a head coach. If you get me, just finish up there. But it's a good thing for South that you've got you've signed up for the succession plan, and Wayne gets to end his career at his own time, and Dimitri is there and. You know, it's not very, not very often a club gets to hand over and transition long-term plan like this, but it also shows that Wayne's a bit more investment than what people think he's had in previous clubs. I think he just walks out and leaves it a mess. He's invested in the future of that club past. Yeah, and you've you've had wraps on Demetrio for a very long time, so obviously um, that, that fills me with some level of confidence, but also I think most people that have written about the Broncos over the past decade have, hold him in quite a high regard, so... It, it does seem like the logical thing to do, and it, yeah. it is nice to have some guidance. And obviously, given that we are talking about off-season news, this has um, opened the door for some people to think that Wayne is going to become the coach of the Brisbane Bandits in 2023. Yeah. Brisbane Bandits, Brisbane Bombers, Morton Bay Dolphins, Redcliffe Dolphins, whatever it's going to be. We're not talking about expansion now. We'll talk about no, that. No, but we will touch on this briefly. We'll obviously have an expansion podcast at some point. Yeah, whole one. But yeah, he's obviously not confirmed his next step, so there is a potential that he is going to go and join a bid. You know, maybe he'll spend twenty twenty two recruiting. It seems like the most obvious thing to do. It if seems you're Wayne Bennett. it does seem like that, and it seems like he's putting his his vote behind the Redcliffe bid. And the Redcliffe bids apparently going to be the Morton Bay Dolphins rather than being the Redcliffe Dolphins to be more the whole area kind of thing. But we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, it definitely at least looks like he'd either go to the other team that's going to Southeast Queensland. 
or likely go to South East Queensland in 2023, or he'd jump into more of a general manager or football role or something from there. And I don't know where he'd do that because obviously uh, South are pretty stocked. Where they've got a, a that, who knows? But it, it, is, it is good that he's got some session planning, and it's going to be weird if he's not a head coach in the future, even though he's old as, because it's been my entire life he has been a rugby league coach. So, well, all that both of our lives, we've been, he's been a coach. But, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see what see what happens. And um, still using influence this off season, mate. He sent that wrestling dossier <coughs> to Todd Greenberg. What a shock! The team with a small pack now has a wrestling dossier out there and got um his former former employee Scott Barker got a got a job there as a at the NRL. Forget the exact title of it, but he'll be reviewing wrestling. But uh, yeah, that I don't know. What, Wayne's been a bit of the anti-wrestling for a while, and his team's always near the least penalties in the competition. But um, yeah, I don't think anything's changing that anytime soon. Nobody's going to start let the let start, let sorry, sorry start let the ruck like just roll. No, yeah. it'd be cool if they did though, because <laughs> Seattle would win every game, and that would be great. Cam Murray go back in the middle. Damien Cook would run for four hundred meters a game. It would be awesome. Sign me up. What's the downside to this? The other teams don't get to win the comp? Well, sorry. You should go for South. It's not my problem. <laughs> That's the only downside. The other yeah. teams don't get to win. Well, I'm, I, I'm struggling to see any negatives beyond that. <laughs> no, I mean, there's many negatives to getting into wrestling, obviously. Well, he's anti like the jiu-jitsu moves and stuff they do, but it's not going away. No. Like, it's just not and you can't control. bring in like a time limit or if there's... Because, like, them teams will literally just count and then yeah. you release, the, like, yeah. as the time that it expires. That's it. But, yeah, I'm not I'm not a big uh, crisis merchant on wrestling anyway. No, I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. I think it has been worse in times in the Definitely past. Definitely worse. Like, the late, uh, like, late noughties, earlier 20s. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was yeah. much worse. Uh, other off-season t- uh, storylines. What else we got to talk about? We spoke about uh, the Morris Brothers thing on the previous podcast. That was weird. It still is kind of weird. Mm. Hmm. Um, Cronulla playing all their games at Cogra. It's just funny. It is. It's weird though, eh? Like They're, obviously Cronulla are playing choice. more games at Cogra this year than the Dragons are. But it's I like think they, I, I haven't fact checked that. Probably, but they didn't have. They didn't really have a choice, did they? They like, really didn't. Like, where else can you play if you're them? I don't know. That it was the only option, really. It's 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 a bit weird that you're playing at your like arch rivals' home ground for all your games this year, but. Yeah, and we reckon if you're a Sharks fan, would you go? I don't know. That's a really unique question because obviously, like, most of the time when South and the Roosters were rivals, they, I mean, until 10 years ago, they shared the same stadium, so, like, it was fine, whatever. And then, uh, so I'm not really in a place to sort of empathise with the exact situation. Most teams aren't because very few teams still play out of suburban grounds, but, like, I guess... Uh, yeah. What would it, it would would it be like? It'd be like Parramatta playing the home games at Belmore, right? That's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it, it's not like Cogra's really used for anything. No, else. when you put it okay, when you put it like that, it sounds very strange. It does, but also they don't have the option of going to like Bank West. Bank the Sharks can't play at Bank West. They oh, could, SCG, and the on. and the ANZ's also going halfway through this year, so yeah, they can't. The, their options were the SCG and Bank West. One's too far away. The other one is a disaster for rugby league, and also quite far away. So I think it had to be Cogra. Like it, it had to be. They didn't really. They didn't have a choice. Chroma yeah. Park, mate. Why aren't they playing there? Is that the name of the soccer, the little soccer stadium yeah, down there? I think. I don't know. Yeah, but it is. Um, it's bizarre. You think playing, like you said, you know, you don't care about playing other stadiums. You haven't got a choice much. But Cogra just has such a dragon's feel to it, and their rivals. It's a weird one. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, and we, we got to talk about the unpleasant stuff of the off-season. I don't want to do it, but uh, that we, Josh Reynolds thing. Yeah. What the fuck? He, like, he, those are one of the things I've said before. Uh, I'm not even. I'm not anti the no-fault stand-down policy, but I was just, when I was, at the time it happened, I was like, well, you know, this lends into if somebody has falsified charges, which has happened a few times now, or things go wrong like this, it kind of baits that stuff for happening in the future. And whilst Ronald sitting it st- stood down for that, he had to go through the last three months knowing all that stuff was like, all her, the charges were faked anyway with, with that Arabella, what, Del Busco, whatever her name was. Yeah. And just got clear before the season started, but um, that's why I don't like the, not the note for sound now, but also the, the attitude we all have around it is assuming everyone's guilty, always. Like, every time someone gets charged, people assume Jack DeBellin's guilty. He still hasn't had his day in court. He's not guilty of anything yet, unfortunately, yeah. as close as it is. Yeah. You know, the only thing, Josh Reynolds, Josh Reynolds was guilty of the way he yelled at her in that video, which wasn't pleasant. No, but at the same, when it's you weigh up, yeah, obviously yeah. that in a vacuum doesn't look good. Mm. And people took that as being like, oh, see, that's all it was, it was yelling. It's like, well, that doesn't look good. Obviously, yeah. with all the, with context, it's not a big deal, no, with, it's not. given all the things that it ha- that happened. But, um, yeah, obviously a really rough couple of months for him. And it's, it, it is weird because like, statistically, like... The vast majority of claims in this sort of realm aren't fake, but when athletes are involved, it seems like the proportion is way higher. I have no numbers to back that up at Neither. all, but it just feels that way. It does, and I think it's just more they have more to lose, and it's like a bitter thing. I don't know, but the weird thing with all this story when you heard it all, it's like he has to look out for himself, like him falling for two fake pregnancy tests. What's like? Well, not sorry, not pregnancy tests, two fake pregnancies. What's doing there? Like, come on, man. You've you got to know that when you get a DM from a girl you slept with like a month ago and you're a footy player, you got to do more like checking than just like, hey, move up to my house in Sydney and, and just move on in. you got to, you know, hey, can I see the doctor with you? Or like, you know, can we check this out? Can we prove my baby? Yeah. Bit of a, bit of a whole weird thing. She's, she's moved on to some boxer, boxer now. Unfortunate guy. Some boxer. Great. And then we had the other weird rest of the off season, like classic rugby league, Curtis Scott's hit a, Facing six charges of potentially assaulting a police officer, um, Nelson Osofemol. So, sorry, nasty Nas beat the shit out of somebody, and he's uh, just and been fine. David Fafita. David Fafita like just, was in a Thai prison. The guy getting a selfie with David Fafita after the release was one of my favorite rugby league photos ever. <laughs> Nelson Osofemol beat the shit out of that guy. He did. That was. I it mean, was, wait. Are we saying that was awesome? It was all. Uh, yeah. Good. All right. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome once you heard on like once you saw the videos and it was like oh he clearly was defending Vunivalu. Yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome. This big man swing. He's a terrifying human being. Holy <laughs> shit! Can he, he fight Paul Gallon? Uh, he moves so fast. Hey, that video like oh. It was, oh, it was not great. not really rugby league news, but Paul Gallon wants to fight Mark Hunt in a boxing match. I will say this: our good friend Nick Campton. Yeah. Mark Hunt is possibly his favorite athlete of all time. Yeah. Paul Gallon is possibly his least favorite athlete of all time. Josh not, Dugan not named. Fight. Not named. Not named Todd Carney. <laughs> If Paul Gallon beat Mark Hunt, our, our friend Nick might just walk into the ocean and never return. Yeah. He might. So we need that fight to happen, is what I'm saying. Because <laughs> <laughs> Mark Hunt's 45 years old and has done nothing since he retired except eat. So, um, I don't know. But I guess Paul Gallon, respect to him for wanting to go after like one of the baddest men to ever come out of this part of the world. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it either. He's a bit, you know... Just like, stick to fighting like... We can do to work the way up from the boxcars in a fighting for a sandwich, gal. Like, just <laughs> keep winning. 
don't need right? to do this. You don't need to do this. But I guess it's credit to his competitive spirit. He wants to fight like a legit pedigree fighter. He might be 45, but still a legit fighter. Yeah. So right. good on good on Gal for that. Yeah, and then um, other random news too is Manezi Fano being charged for t- stabbing someone, allegedly stabbing someone during a church brawl. Yeah, a lot of weird words in that sentence coming together. I know. When it, those charges came out, like, it was a Mormon church function. I'm like, what? And he had his like, oh, arm in a sling. I don't know. That one, I again, don't know what's happened yet either, but I, I just laughed at the whole thing of being at church. A good church boy getting into church stabbing. But yeah, probably, this is probably the last you'll hear of us all season talking about off-the-field uh, crisis. Yeah, we like tend that. not to... We tend not to sort of harp on about it. A because most a lot of the times these matters are before courts and we can't yeah. say anything about them. And B, um, we but just don't enjoy talking about them all that much. It's it's exhausting. The takes are exhausting. Everyone blames NRL every year like it's their fault and like people demand action, or whatever. Then the footy season starts and nobody cares anymore. Yeah, I just and I particularly hate these abuse ones where like you get a healthy mix of people who always think the woman is lying and people who always think the player is guilty. Yeah. And it's just, and obviously both of those stances are bad. But it is interesting though that, that that woman who made all that stuff up is just facing no charges at all. Yeah, that's the weird thing too. It's like when it happened to Sean Kenny Dow and the the, the, and the lady he'd yeah. been with, it was her second time she'd falsified charges to somebody. Yeah. So you can just do that stuff and just like, that's cool. You can just like... There's like free. a 4,000 word piece that was in Good Weekend uh, like a few years ago now about Brett Stewart's ordeal. I recommend yeah. everybody read it. If you, re- if you Google like, Brett Stewart, Good Weekend. I think it's called... The headline's like Sins of the Father. Sorry. And so the dad of the girl was like this massive sociopath who was orchestrating the whole thing. I didn't get in any trouble at all. It's just messed up. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Like, you ruin people's lives. You do. You do. Oh, well, that thing with Reynolds, like, he's lucky he got accelerated through courts and it was so bad, so clearly false by the end that the charges got dropped. But like, you know, Sean Kenny Dow was in a mental health facility after his, his falsified charges. Like... Not great, mm. and although the Hazmel Masri one that was recent was funny, like cause he he would he was recording because his missus I can't remember the full story, but he was recording the the day she claimed he assaulted her on his phone in his pocket, and it was like an open shut. They listened to the tape and nothing happened. Like oh okay, and he walked out. Crazy, but it's like yeah, real crazy stuff. It's real crazy. Um, last thing we'll talk about on this this kind of shorter issues podcast. Bunga's got some more things to talk about. I've got a lot of problems with you people. You the nines. Yeah. We've got a bit of time for the nines. It's uh, You it, went, of course. I went. So it was a few it was a few weeks ago now for those playing at home, <laughs> as we all know. Um I love it, hey. It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like every year people kind of whinge about seriousness or lack of seriousness or teams taking superstars and not taking them, whatever, whatever. Once the footy actual st- actually starts. It's just a good fun day, like yep. you know. Kirky Lee actually balled out; it was killing it. Like a former player coming back, you know. Uh, Corey, hey, Corey Parker, Parker played. Go. Nick Davis played for the Roosters. Yeah, that Parker was funny. barely played. He was offside the whole time too, just like his playing days. But you know, it, it is that very rare time. Like as we were talking about him earlier, Tabuai Fidau, the old ham. <laughs> you know, he didn't. Um, he he. We wouldn't know who he is on a national scale right now if that didn't happen. It was an exciting breakout for him. Great day. And we had the, obviously, funniest moment of the tournament, Penrith being robbed. Yes. So With funny. Just having a grand on it. Very, just it really a, funny stuff. It was fantastic. But, and that's, but by the way, that, that, and that opens itself up to a larger point, which I think I made online at the time, which is like, that's the game that some of these old people want. Yeah. They want games where things like that get called tries. Yeah. And there's just nothing you can do about it, because the bunker slows the game down. And I think I, when I was also, there... Also, but just on that, like... 
I was watching that game, as so were you. Like, it was so blatantly clear that, that was not a try. I, I cannot believe they gave it in the first place. What the hell was the I linesman was in the goal judge doing? I was like 100 metres behind her, same view she had, and I could see he was out. It like, wasn't so, even close. If I was at the other end of the field, I could see she, he was out. I don't know what, what they're doing, but, you know, whatever. Knocked out Penrith. It was a great laugh. It was. Cody Ramsey, shout out. I wanted the Dragons to win the whole thing after that. It just would have been really fun. And it was a great tackle, hey, how he pushed his hands out and everything. Yeah. It was a fantastic effort. And, uh, yeah, it apparently didn't matter because <laughs> uh, <laughs> couldn't review it. Uh, but, yeah, the finals were good fun. Like, I thought, like we said, the, with anything I thought they got wrong was um, not having three games. Everyone covered that. They yeah, really I mean, just played Friday morning oh, games. And, again, it doesn't matter. But, like, for example, the Tigers got absolutely stitched up in the group stage. So the Tigers beat Souths. Yeah. And then the Tigers then had to play a pretty good Titans team, whereas Souths got to play Canberra, who sent a reserve, a complete reserve grade team. Yeah. And Souths ran up a score on them and ended up making the finals on four and against. And it's like, yeah, but, right, but they're in the same group and the Tigers didn't get to play the worst team in the group. Like, it was so flawed. Yeah. Um, yeah, just have a third group game. How hard is it? I don't know. And that's, I think, though, we didn't want to play like a morning game or something because it wasn't ever Saturday, Sunday. But who cares if you play a game and nobody's there or watching? It just matters in the long run. They get, you get three games each. Yeah. In terms of Perth, like, we're talking expansion another time, but in terms of the rugby league town, it's, it's one of those cities. It's a, it's a weird... I've never been there before, so excuse me. I love Perth, by the way. It's a, it was, I found a weird city when I first got there because it was so dead. Like, there's no traffic. There's nothing in the city. Until I eventually found the nicer areas. I think it was Northbridge. I really enjoyed drinking around Northbridge. I think that's it. But um, the stadium is actually way nicer than it looks on TV. And it's actually like, and it's like a short walk from the city. I walk walk there from my hotel, and um, the the beer is really expensive in the city, which therefore meant the beer at the stadium was actually reasonably priced. Yeah. You know, because it's, <laughs> it's cheaper somehow. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed this um, going to the stadium there, and then. The the town, like, I don't know enough about it yet, but it felt like a lot. There was a few rugby league fans there, like a lot of you get me a lot more than I expected. I know the attendance weren't great, but attendance was just fine for a nine tournament, if you ask me. But you know, there was a lot of South fans. That's obviously the reason why they go over there. Like, but South got the loudest cheers all day. A lot of South fans, a lot of uh, Maoris, Kiwis over there, Islanders. But also, one of the things I enjoyed a good sign I saw, it's like, you know, when you were young or you sell people too, when you got a Leichhardt, one of the best things about when you go to those stadiums is that you can, there's kids who are playing on the hill, kicking a ball around. There was a lot more kids playing footy at the nines than I would have thought there would have been. Like a lot of that stuff on the hill, which is good. It kind of shows you rugby or rugby league is, you know, ta- is on the uptake over there, which is good. I really enjoyed that and I, and I enjoyed the city and... There was an American barbecue joint, Old Faithful, that uh, Nick Campton told me to visit, and that was baller, so good. So, uh, yeah, I th- thought it was a good city, and um, I haven't done the. F- I'm doing more research myself into it, but I do think that is a, a city that could handle a rugby league team. Yep, I'm in. Sign yeah, me up. Yeah, but it's um, it's a weird city though. Hey, like it's like a town. Yeah, I quite like it. Yeah, like I, I think it's um. It grew on me. It's weird how you can go to a bar and there'll be like nobody in there at all. Yeah. Like a few of them. And it's weird how there's like blank lots in the city. But, uh, oh well. Yeah. It grew on me. Anyway. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought it was a good tournament. A lot of people watched it. I mean, I, you know, getting more than 10,000 people there both days is fine, I think. Like, it's I fine. I mean, there's, the, the nines in Sydney last year. The World people Cup didn't even nines. know that was on. Yeah, it was yeah. like similarly attended. Yeah. Like, so what's the difference? Who cares? <laughs> 
Exactly right. Who Stop worrying about crowds. They don't mean anything. I keep trying to stress this to people. Oh, yeah. And it's when you talk to some casual fans, people stress on that stuff too. It's like, no, but you know, the, like, the game obviously wants to be the crowds. They don't really matter that much. Well, they should lower ticket prices to zero dollars. But it's like, you know, if the, the broadcast is, attendance is good, which it was again, the ratings were good. That's what matters. And then that's where the money comes from. Like the broadcast deals where the money comes from and everything else. Like, you know, um, what was it? Because, you know, it was the highest rating sports in Australia still that weekend, you know? Yeah, there you go. The bloody nines. It beat uh, the Highlanders against the oh, Brumbies? <laughs> really? Ridiculous. One of the, one of the big, uh, the big you know, matches of the season, the Highlanders-Brumbies. And who, it beat something else. Even, like, the women's nines beat that game. Good. The I start mean, of Friday. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. We, we don't enjoy the demise of other sports, but it is very stark how quickly... Oh, the rugby's demise is bizarre because it's growing around the world. And, and, is it? Yeah. I guess that's because they don't have league, though. They don't. They haven't seen If league. Americans had league, they'd yeah. adapt league over union. For like, sure. rugby's getting much larger in uh, Japan, and it's getting much larger in France, but you can blame the Nazis for that one. Yeah. Thanks a lot, yeah. Hitler. Definitely the worst thing he did. Yeah. We, we, we could do a podcast now. I think there's a rugby reload, or reloaded did a podcast recently on that, though. So yeah, they did. About the Nazis uh, signing with rugby union. I mean, if, that, if, if that's not evidence that we, we support the, the, the one true code, I don't know what is. Well, we didn't side with the Nazis. You know, it's, not, it's, it's a bit of an easy one, isn't it? Like, yeah. What do you the think? NRL should put proudly anti-Nazi on their, on their logo. Since. <laughs> Anti-Nazi <laughs> since 1942. Yeah, because, you know, the, the rugby union would say they're anti-Nazi now, but at some point, yep. they weren't. They were very much pro-Nazi. Yeah, well, you, you can't be doing that. <laughs> Okay, any other off-season things you want to talk no, about? No, I, th- I, uh, I think saying Nazis are bad is a good note to end on it for this is, one. It is. Okay, we'll do uh, the mailbag soon and that'll be us. All right, say goodbye, Mitchell. See you guys. That's goodbye from me. got this new head filled up with smoke I got my veins all tangled close To the jukebox bars you frequent The safest place to hide A long night spent with your most obvious weakness You start shaking at the fly
Bye.